Welcome to You Can't Get to Heaven in a Miniskirt. My name is Sarah. And I'm Jessica. And if you would like to find us on social media, please go follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Heaven in a Miniskirt. You can go to our website at heaveninaminiskirt.com. And if you'd like to support us, we have a lot of bonus episodes. We're doing lots of bonus episodes. We are on Patreon at patreon.com slash heaven in a miniskirt. And you can become a subscriber and get access to all of our rants and such other frivolities. Or you can pay a dollar a month and give us your thoughts and prayers. I think the dollar a month is so there in our thoughts and prayers. We don't really oh. know. Everyone gets thoughts and prayers if you give us a dollar a month. And today, Sarah, we have a special guest. Her name is Taryn Arnold Scott, and she is a podcaster and public personality who I love her and her wife's podcast. It's called Staying Up. We will we will link it in the show notes for you. Yeah, we will link it in the show notes. If you're a lesbian and you were on YouTube in the 2000s, you probably know who Tammy Scott is. That is Taryn's wife. My partner introduced me to them and we listened to their podcast religiously. And honestly, like... Taryn is like a very fun person to have on because I feel like having someone who kind of went through being really intense into church and then, you know, coming out, wrestling with your sexuality and then no longer being a Christian and dealing with like all the internalized homophobia. Well, it's it's very similar to your story, Sarah. Yeah, it's similar in some ways, opposite in others. But I think like we have a pretty interesting conversation and she was so rad. Taryn's really funny. Yeah, Taryn was great. I didn't know much about her until we got to chat with her. And she has a really interesting deconstruction story. They don't talk about deconstruction on their podcast. No, they're just like current events. Yeah. And but we found out that she had this story and Sarah's partner told us to shoot our shot, reach out. And then she said yes. And I never thought she would say yes. And so um, Jessica said after we recorded it that I did a really good job of not being too fangirly. Even though on the inside, I was like, oh, my God. Like, Yeah, you said you were, like, shaking. Well, yeah, it's surreal. Like, before it started, I was shaking because, like, when you follow someone for multiple years and you watch yeah. their podcasts and then you're talking to them in person, it's kind of mm -hmm. surreal. And so, like, for me, yes. it was, like, very exciting. If you find her funny, which she's hilarious, check her out. Her and her wife, Cami, are awesome and very smart, very funny, have a great take on things. So yeah, and we had an awesome conversation with her. She's so fun. This is a really, really fun one. It is not heavy. And we were like, thank you, Taryn. We needed something that wasn't not a sex abuse scandal in the church. We just needed a little like we needed a palate cleanser. And we really appreciate you guys listening. And if you could take the time to rate, review, wherever you get your podcasts, it would mean so much to us if you did that. It would help us so much. And then we can keep doing the podcast. If it keeps growing, we can keep doing it, which is like the best thing ever. And just before we get things started with Taryn, I'm just going to say hi, Cami and Taryn. If you're listening, you're awesome. And <laughs> thank you. That is all. I will fangirl right here in this moment, even if I think yeah. like, cool during the interview. I think you guys are super rad as well. And it was so amazing getting to talk to Taryn. And without further ado, here's our interview. I, I never know how to start these things. I'm like, no, like, let's just start talking. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's so much easier to just go into it and then find yeah. the like organic spot when you're editing. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Cool. who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Existential dread has been thrown upon me. I love asking people that. They hate it. 
I was thinking about it before this because I'm like, I'm a, that's question's got to be number one, right? It's like, who am I? The things that I identify with most is that I am a girl from California, born and raised. I've lived in different parts of California and love it dearly. And I like to publicly think online, I think is the best way that I would say it. And I've done it in a lot of different ways. I was an obsessive journaler growing up, so I'm just used to getting my thoughts out. And as social media got bigger, I just was like, this seems like the right place to do it, which every day I questioned if that was the right move, but it's, it's something. <laughs> yeah. um, so I have a newsletter or I had a newsletter where I just made my journal public for every day for like three Decembers in a row and just got like a small following doing that and have just moved that over to Instagram. And then I married an influencer who is like the queen of lesbians of early YouTube. And so I was thrust. <laughs> <She is. laughs> yeah. So I was, I mean, I watched her on YouTube. Like I absolutely get it. I was a fan. Oh, oh that's, that's so funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, she married a fan. Uh -oh. I know. What a loser. What a power dynamics. <laughs> I know. I need to be saved from this marriage. Um, but yeah, so I'm just quickly learning how to straddle the world of being like a kind of creator person, but also just like having a normal life and a normal job and all of the things. So, And so what kind of content do you create? We are a deconstruction podcast, but I don't think that's your main thing. No, I. it's funny. You dabbled though. To write. I dabbled. I used to write a lot about like my deconstruction and I think... In so, for whatever reason, it like I was annoyed of myself. I got sick of hearing myself just like talk about my religious trauma, which I'm sorry. That's I know that's the whole podcast. So I but that's OK <laughs> for me personally. For me personally, I was just like, shit, I'm just talking about God so much. It's just too much sometimes. And so then I moved into just we have a podcast that is just like a weekly sleepover where you can sit in and listen. A morning sleepover. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens every morning, which is hysterical. Or we record it in the mornings because we are dead by nine. I mean, we're not a sleepover type. We actually stayed up till two the other day. For, we went to this like lesbian party in L.A. and we got home at 2.30 and we were ill the next day. We barely drank nothing. <laughs> and it's like more than anything, we're just sleep girlies. So the fact that we have a sleepover podcast is chaotic. And I used to, my early Jesus days, I would wake up before school and in like high school and I would write and pray for like an hour every single day before school. And so I think that's like so drilled in me that I'm like awake and on and communicating in the morning. And then I just peter out through the day. You got your daily quiet time in, yeah. whether it's <laughs> yes. like Jesus time versus like Taryn time. A hundred percent. Dude, quiet time. That's such a throwback of I love the like, do you guys want to just have some quiet time? That's iconic. And we always like joke when we're on the podcast interviewing people, because when you're learning about someone's deconstructing history, it almost feels like you're telling your testimony again. Like a hundred percent, you know, like I was saved at blah, blah, blah age. And then I went and did yes. a bunch of drugs. And <laughs> it's a very weird feeling from the inside because I'm like, I'm the person I never thought I would be telling that story, telling my like opposite end testimony is mind blowing to me because I would have been I was so scared of this version of me. Yeah. Sarah, can you test that? Yeah. People will always like message us evangelicals and be like, oh, you were never really a Christian. And there's like yeah. something about the mindset of like needing to say that our experience is invalid in order to validate that their experience is legitimate. 
because like how could you actually experience it and then move on and like that it's so invalidating and it's so frustrating because like I like I truly understand and I never thought I'd be this person either it's almost sad like when I get those dms and comments and whatever I'm like I know that you could be me but you're telling me like you're doing this to save that part of you where you don't want to flirt that line of being like oh maybe you can be Christian for a period and then move on like they're not they can't even compute because it's like letting them touch the line that they're afraid to touch exactly we talk a lot about like how do you even get through to someone in in a kind way like that and sometimes the answer is you just can't there's just no way to get through to that you just have to be like so what sarah does is that she's really nice to people that dm us Mm -hmm. sometimes i just block them now though (laughs) she has been blocking people but i think that's okay it's fair yeah you get to a line yeah the line is whatever line you want to yes exactly and i think sarah is a perpetual people pleaser because ex-christian girly and middle child. But one thing that we say is that like sometimes you're the only atheist or agnostic person or non-Christian that somebody will ever talk to. So it's like best the reverse of you're the, the only Bible that a non-Christian will ever read. A hundred percent, man. It's like, <laughs> yeah, the line is spooky. And I I give Christians too much grace, which is also a hilarious thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A crazy sentence. But yeah, yeah. I had this talk with my wife yesterday because I, I was saying how excited I was for Brock Purdy, who is the quarterback of the 49ers. He's like a super devout Christian. And he like in interviews, he's like quoting scripture and the whole thing. He's like so deep in it. And it was weird for me to be rooting for him. But I'm like something about me feels very protective of him. And my wife was like, well, what if he thinks that gay people are bad or whatever? And I was like, I just a part of me is like, I don't think that he it even matters. Like, I don't think he's consciously thinking, which is also dark to say but like I just give too much grace I'm like oh I've been there so I get it he's just kind of on autopilot and he read some words and he believes a thing and that's really beautiful but and the sad part is that those belief systems can like dampen just like your good human nature and the empathy that you have for other people because like I remember even when I was in Christianity starting to question like how sexist some things were and how homophobic some things were and Just being told like, well, that's like your that's your desire for power. That's because Eve Eve didn't listen to Adam and that's your desire as a woman and that's your biggest battle. And so you internalize those things and you're like, no, this is just like flesh. This is just sin. And yes. no, it's compassion. It's fucking humanity. Yeah. It's, it's like right feelings that are being spun yeah. wrong. I was just really excited before this because I found a study. So in interoceptive awareness, if you've never heard of it, it's like our body sensations and if we're in touch with them or not. And I've been looking to see if there's any sort of research coming out around religious trauma or religious affiliation and interoception. And I found the first study ever and that has just come out and it shows that if people view their body as like a temple and like all the language around like I am holy, I am good, they're more mm-hmm. likely to have a, a stronger connection to their body sensations and their emotions. But people who really internalize like I am sinful, I am awful, the flesh are less likely to be like aware of their body sensations and their body, their needs and their emotions, which I felt Whoa. like. And this is something that I was like hypothesizing. And I'm like, if I ever did a PhD, that would be so interesting to go research that. So you said this was specifically with religion. Do you think it'd be the same with cults? Like, do you think the study? Yeah, I, I think it would be the same with cults because like what got me thinking about it was because mm. of trauma survivors, like people that have gone through traumatic events are less likely to have that like that awareness and that connection with their body because it's been like severed and so you got to rebuild that through therapy but 
yeah, so I think calls would probably apply. But I was just like, man, this is so, it's so untapped and it's so interesting. It's interesting because what you're saying, it sounds very familiar to everything that I've ever read about like religion and ex-religious people and ex-cult people. So not that you need research to validate things, but it's, it's I I love it. I love research. (laughs) And so I'm just like, this is so cool. We like science here on Heaven and (laughs) And Taryn, I listened to one of the episodes that you and your wife did where you were talking about your kind of just religious past, not really much of your deconstruction, but your religious past. And something that you said was there are people that are so open-minded that they're close-minded about other close-minded people. That's something that Sarah and I are trying not to do. And then when I heard you say that, I was like, oh, that is so well put. I think that a lot of us think that we're so open-minded, but but we're not. Yeah. I mean, I think the two people the two people that come to mind when I say that or think of that is both my mom and my wife, where I feel like my mom growing up was so she grew up Jewish and her family's version of Judaism was super open, loving people in the family were gay or interracial. Like there was just nothing in her mind, in her words, that was judge heavy. But as she's gotten older and has like made her own beliefs, you look at Christians or a lot of Americans look at Christians and see Christians are the people that are fucking stuff up is how it feels. Like it feels like if it's if someone's going to do something wild, it's probably a Christian. And so a lot of people that are very non-religious or open minded or whatever, and I'm doing air quotes, it's like all of it except being open-minded toward Christianity. It's like, I'm good with whatever you are unless it's Christian. And my wife is similar that way. And I think we've talked her way out of it a little bit more just as she sees that Christianity is just like another belief system. And unfortunately in America, it just has a lot more pull than other belief Mm -hmm. systems, which is weird. But um, yeah, I think that's a weird thing that quote unquote open-minded people feel, which is that they're good with anything unless it's a certain brand of religion that is exclusionary to a lot of people. And unfortunately, that's just how it is manifesting, like how Christianity manifests. Do you think it's like some sort of internalized guilt where we're trying to like separate ourselves from our like Christian colonial roots? Like I wonder hmm. if it feels like more of a self-criticism because I mean like the vast majority Maybe. of Canadians and Americans would have been Christian if you go back a generation or two, even those who identify as atheist. Interesting. I've never thought of that. Well, it's like also the tolerance paradox where it's like, can we be tolerant of intolerance? Mm -hmm. Like We want to be tolerant as a society, but can we tolerate people that won't be inclusive? Like how is poverty as a society going to deal with that? Even in Canada, like we recently like passed a national ban on conversion therapy for queer people. And I think that obviously that some people that are religious would feel like that infringes on their freedom to do a horrible thing to people (laughs) for lack of a better term. (laughs) But I do think like, yeah, it's helpful when there are laws in place to protect people and still let people practice their religions and have their beliefs, but you can't be doing conversion therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that just open-mindedness has to have, I think if you are like a solid person, there are boundaries to what you can be open-minded about But I think I just noticed that kind of paradox younger because I was so frustrated with my mom when I felt like she wasn't celebrating what I was experiencing with Christianity. And it 
And I was just like, well, that's not fair because you're all about people doing whatever you want to do. So why can't this be the thing that I want to do? That's really interesting. Be allowed. But I see it now because especially with the gay stuff. I mean, yeah, that that was my big wake up call of like, okay, that's honestly not a vibe because now I'm gay and now I'm seeing it. And and then, it you know, it extends to like so many other social issues. But um, I think that's what my mom was the most upset about. So at what age did the deconstruction or at least like the doubts start to creep in? And I know that you in your podcast episode, and I'll put that in the show notes as well for anyone who's interested, because it, it'll dive deeper than what we're going to do right now. But in yeah. that episode, you say that you were having feelings of gayness oh my god i'm so sorry <laughs> say it you were having you were having same sex attraction same sex attraction that's what they SSA. say in christianity ssa <laughs> you were having ssa <laughs> and that you were battling with that quote unquote and going to people in the church and when did yeah. you cut ties completely like when what's the timeline here yeah so i okay the shrunken super shrunken timeline is that i became Christian in high school because people on the weekends were going to church things and it made me jealous is the extreme short answer. I was like, what the, why are you guys on houseboats and why are people getting pulled on like- Youth group was fucking baller. Yeah. Youth group was sick. And I was too, I was such a hypochondriac growing up that I didn't want to party because I didn't want to experience with drugs and alcohol because I didn't like how they affected people. So I wasn't doing all the fun shit anyways. And so then this other like clean version of fun stuff, I was like, that yeah. sounds fun. Oh my God. You're speaking just directly to us. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like the community like, aspect. Real fun. You play the game. You're surrounded by cool kids your own age. Like, and you're not definitely not going to be a peer pressure to do anything you don't want to do. A hundred percent. Like uh, the only peer pressure you're going to get is to become a Christian. Yeah, but did you guys do ice blocking? Do you know what ice blocking is? No. Is that just like a weird? What's ice blocking? Ice blocking is you would get these massive blocks of ice from like a 7-Eleven or whatever, a gas station, and you would just like sled, you would sit on them and ride down grass. And for whatever (laughs) reason, it was this like the only people I know that did it were Christians. You got to be California Christians. Like we have snow up here. So we're We're like sick by April. Like we are sick of snow and sick of sledding. So we're like, no, no ice blocking here. No ice blocking allowed. We've done sledding (laughs) enough. That's such a niche memory. Um, Anyway, so I got into it for that reason. Then got super into it just on my own, fell in love with God and just the practice of having a relationship with him on my own time and in my quiet time. And then in college was super involved in a group called Crew, which is Campus Crusade for Christ and was a youth group leader. And I emceed all the meetings and I was just like so deeply involved as like as a leader, fell in love with a girl that I led. And then she also became a leader at Crew. And um, my deconstruction started happening when she had opened up to me about how she had previously had a SSA, same-sex attraction <laughs> with someone in high school. And yeah. and she was opening up to me about it in a way of, I'm telling you this to like warn you not to like, let's flirt and go down this path. It was like, this is an affliction that I have and I need you to know about it so that we don't cross that boundary as we become closer. Which would be hard. That would be difficult. Which would be hard. <laughs> that would definitely, and, in my mind, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, we're going to. Like, mm, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Challenge metal. accepted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and no. so we and we shared a room 
in a house with it was just all bad yeah. like there's no, not a good way to not be ssa no <laughs> we were ssaing fast and so yeah i started to think twice about whether i thought that was bad or not was like the main place that started i started we clearly started falling in love with each other and we crossed a boundary and kissed all night one night and in the morning she woke up and stood in front of my bed and was like that was awful i'm so sorry i did that to you we're not doing that ever again and left and thus started my deconstruction process of like okay i actually don't think that was awful i feel like that was what kissing should feel like and kissing yeah. is good and love is nice and those are things that we should celebrate and enjoy and i didn't understand like what universe what weird universe we were in that bedroom that was just like so good and like so bad so much shame but like so much actual real love so it all began there yeah wow and how many years do you think that took i guess it's i feel like it's always ongoing. Yeah. honestly sarah and i are still dealing with it yeah. but yeah it's how many years till you got on the other side of it so i was a senior in college when that happened it started happening for me. Like I started being pushed out of the church as I worked through those things, which was a whole different thing. But I think I was probably 60% out by the end of the, the next year and a half. Yeah. And then I was fully out when I like left where I was at in college and went to like move back to California. I went to school in Arizona. Um, and once I kind of severed ties with a lot of those people or like wasn't in that day to day community, I was like, OK, I'm like seeing clearly for the first time in a minute. It felt like yeah. that's such a, a loss. And like to simultaneously be navigating, like deconstructing like sexuality too, and like heteronormativity <laughs> and making sense of all that while you're deconstructing. That must have been whew, that's a lot of things all at once. They're so intertwined. It's like such a weird it's unfortunate that like my sexual awakening was happening at the same time as like losing so much grounding that I had because I was mad at my sexuality at the same time that I was like mad at the church. You know, it was such a mess, but it was I mean, I guess in retrospect, now that it's been like 10 years or I guess longer. Well, I'm 33. Now I look back and I'm like, I'm so thankful I did it with someone because I saw that like my tie to religion was less strong than I thought it was. It was like when I was comparing my tie to religion against someone else's tie to religion and their journey with it, because we're me and this girl were both navigating it at the same time. Yeah. It made me feel like it was easier for me to like leave and lose Christianity because I saw how hard it was for her and how less hard it was for me. And I, which is that's all subjective and who knows what I actually saw and what she felt and all of those things. But I definitely like used her as a scorecard kind of to be like, yeah. oh, maybe this wasn't maybe this isn't as hard of a thing to lose because she's like really struggling. And I think it impacts everyone differently. Like I think probably a positive for you was having that strong relationship with your parents and the fact that they were opening and if probably a little weary of some of the beliefs that you'd had and concern. So that yeah. was probably a safe space for you to go and like have those conversations, maybe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my parents were more upset that I was Christian than I was gay, for sure. Like they were probably like, I mean, I know when I when I accepted Christ, I prayed the prayer. I put my note under the door. I did all this stuff and told them that I was going to be a Christian now. I know that they were freaked out. And then when I told them that I was gay, it was kind of like, oh, OK, 
And I was like, well, that was weird. <laughs> Spiels that backwards. So yeah, that is <laughs> a little backwards. I feel like when you're from a family that's not necessarily accepting of sexuality or when you're when you grow up in that kind of environment where like the only option is a man and woman together like that's a whole other thing to untangle like I don't even think I let my head go there yeah and it was so like I just did not want to be gay and then mm-hmm. I'm ha- I'm very like I'm I'm very happy now but it took well, a long then, time well I have a question for you Sarah and I know we're not interviewing you but so yeah. you said you can let your head go there but like did you even know to let your head go there um and I guess that's the same for you Taryn because you were a bit older too like both of you guys how I don't know is it all just like hindsight you're like oh in hindsight that makes sense I I feel like looking in hindsight I can be like yeah that or like deciding which boy I was gonna have a crush on based on the the approval of like my female <laughs> friends like I remember doing these things but also like also physical I was really really good at when I was dating guys of, as of not going too far mm-hmm. you're, like, you're like I don't understand why anyone has a problem with this yeah and then like yeah. and then long story short like I, I've talked about this on the podcast before but I had I experienced a sexual assault before I really like oh. had sex in a relationship so a lot of that was like, oh, I think I'm probably for a long time, probably from like my, my early 20s on, I was like, oh, I think I'm probably bisexual, but like it's just really hard to do this with men because of like trauma. And then, mm-hmm. but when you heal through things and you're like, no, it's just, well, it's it's because I'm gay. Okay. <laughs> that makes a lot more sense. But sexuality is one of those things that's so abstract. But like, I think a lot of times people look and they think it's just, it's just sex. But like the mm-hmm. intimacy is so different too. Like, the connection and the partnership that I have with my partner like we've been together for over three years now mm. and like it's just so different and do, like doing life together is just so different but I don't think I let my head go there and also being empathetic towards us who grew up in the 90s and 2000s like that wasn't an option and the only representation of female sexuality was for men like yeah. it was like Madonna and Britney Spears kissing or like Ellen DeGeneres but she was not sexualized yeah I don't think I'd want Ellen to be my only representation that is not good guys yeah no it was bleak or it was like Rosie O'Donnell it was like oh that's even more bleak something yeah it was like okay well lesbians are not okay and I don't know like what was that experience like for you Taryn like looking back I think in retro it's a lot of hindsight for me where well for context I think I'm like 80% 80% lesbian, 20% bi, okay. which is weird. Yeah. Well, it, like, I have been attracted to men. I'm genuinely, like, if I'm watching a movie, I'm like, that guy is hot. I think that almost faster than I think about the women in the movie, which is weird. Interesting. Um, like, we watch the show Love Island, and I spend most of my energy being like, oh, yeah, that's the guy I would couple up with, or, like, that's the guy that I would whatever. But when it comes to actually having a relationship and, like, who I actually want to be sexual with and then want to have as a life term like lifelong partner it is it is always women so all to say that like it's a little muddy for me because I do think that looking back the boyfriends I had the crushes I had all of that was like completely genuine but I can also see that if I was in a room I would know where all the women were and where people were in the space much more than I knew where the men were like I was very tuned in to women. That sounds like I'm like I was tuned into women. I mean now I'm like an internal. <laughs> I mean internally, it's who you're connecting with. Yes, it was like who I wanted to impress. Like 
all of the camp counselors that I loved were women. Like it was that energy. You know what's interesting though? And I, yeah, this, you're not the first person I have heard being like, oh, I was obsessed with my camp counselor. It's and always, it's, it's always, and I'm like, I remember being obsessed with camp counselors, but it had to, it, I think it was different because it was just because I was like, oh, I want to be just like you. Well, it's the yes. age old question do I want to be them or do I want to be with them? Yeah. Like that is the that question. Is, That's yeah. the question. Okay. 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 That's always interesting. So maybe you are gay. There's still time I, for you. Hey, I, that's okay. Yeah. My husband would be <laughs> shocked, but, but you know. I think that I had a couple experiences in like high school and early college where I was clearly more than friends with people, but it wasn't sexual. I don't know how to describe it with girls. I don't know how to explain that, but it was just like this connection, something's up. We know mm-hmm. it. We're acting and texting and whatever as if we were a couple but we're just not letting ourselves go further physically. And I actually chalked a lot of that up to religion because I would be like, oh, this is like someone that God wants me to just be so close to. But it felt more like I'm obsessed with you. And I'm glad that you also (laughs) like God. Yeah, Sarah, did you ever have anything like that? I feel like yes, because I think a lot of times too in church, like a lot of the spaces seem to be a little bit sex segregated. Like you'll have like your woman's Bible study and your retreats where like, yeah, everyone's together, but then the women are all sleeping together. So you're like staying up late and having these conversations and just like trauma dumping with each other. And you feel so close to these people and you know exactly what's going on in their lives. And then I remember like even in platonic, like heterosexual settings, like I remember within the church, like there were people that would have friend breakups because it was just too mm-hmm. intense and people being jealous that so-and-so is <laughs> like spending too much time with like another person. And I'm like, that's yes. not very gay, but it, it wasn't. <laughs> it's so, yeah, the friend breakup. I was always like, what's going on with you guys? Yeah. <laughs> the codependent <laughs> nature of teenagers and then you add Christianity into it and then it, everything just yes. gets so intertwined and inappropriate in so many ways. It's inappropriate because like nobody should be that codependent. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so much of my like what I liked about Christianity was the introspection and like there were so many opportunities to learn about yourself and how you felt and what you were experiencing in life and how you relate to things going on. And It always got a little interesting when we do that in a group setting, right? It's like you're going through a Bible study or a youth group or, you know, whatever. And it would, a topic would come up like masturbation or uh, porn or something that was like, let's see what, let's see what's going on here. And whenever it happened in like a women's setting, you, I remember looking around being like, who is a little different? Like, who is going to say that they did the not Christian thing so that I can clock Mm -hmm. them as someone that maybe feels similar to me, even though I didn't know what I felt at the time. Mm -hmm. It's like other, but not being able to pinpoint why. Yes. You're like, what's up with you? Yeah. I never, well, I never really got along with like really fun, fundy people. Like the friend that took me out for coffee because I was swearing. Whoa. (laughs) You know (laughs) <laughs> holy shit that is yeah. crazy because <laughs> you were swearing i was saying shit too much oh my god god had put it on her heart we went to tim hortons it's the most canadian christian thing ever <laughs> <laughs> not even like a starbucks it was tim no hortons. we went to tim hortons that's amazing and she was like yeah like it, god's really put it on my heart that like just you're i've noticed that you've been saying s-h-i-t sometimes <laughs> and like <gasps> like yeah, couldn't even say it. Couldn't handle it. Yeah, couldn't even say it. Do you guys like still having a tie to Christianity, even though it's not what you believe? Because I always thought, you know, 
I I was I always wanted like what if I could have like a a youth group of people that are just non-Christian people anymore but that still want that. But then I'm like I don't want it to just be a thing where we're I'm thinking about it all the time again. No. But I'm curious how that feels for you guys like having a podcast about this where you're talking about it all the time. Um well it feels like a lot sometimes. Like yeah. I find like for <laughs> us like it's great you connect with so many creators and we've met so many awesome people but I'm like I can't listen to all these people's podcasts or yeah. like read all the books. I have to be really mindful of like like I read a few books in a row on like sex scandals in the church and I, then I was like whoa like that was me hyper focusing and my body was just after like a week was like oh my god like too much yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I think like sometimes like I have to be careful that the content that I am like consuming outside of the content we're making because it is like a little bit, it's a little bit triggering yeah I think when we when we started the podcast we did not know the journey that we would be going on because yeah. we haven't thought about it for a really long time like, yeah we honestly like we both left christianity in our it's been like 13 years like yeah many years and sarah was only a couple years after me and it was like late teens early 20s and then we didn't think about it for years and years and years and then we just started doing a podcast about it and it's i've realized over the time that i have so many issues from my Christian days that I am now dealing yeah. with, like we're both back in therapy, we burn out quite often. So yeah. I am just on the tail end of a burnout and I'm feeling better, but it's like, I just, I couldn't consume anything to do with Christianity at all. I don't even have social media on my phone anymore, like nothing. Yeah. So I feel, I feel frequently unsafe, but then we have people messaging us, telling us that we're being, that we're helping them through this yes. dark time because it is a dark time and and so we're glad we're doing it but in terms of like what I want to get together with a youth group of people ex-christian people to I, I think I would rather not <laughs> but it's just just because it's too much but I love you guys invalidating my idea thank you I will not be starting that business. <laughs> your, your idea sucks now <laughs> I think there would have been a time and a place for that and I think that one thing Jessica and I wanted to talk to you about was like community because we often sometimes think about the positive aspects of religion and how like we just haven't been able to reproduce those in like a secular society and multi-generational like community is a huge one i will say the issue with the community thing is that i really enjoy not having people meddling in my life and judging me for everything totally veiling that with like oh we need to pray for you like i think it's just for some people it is just they're just judging you and it's like fancy gossip Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So after you deconstructed, how did you kind of like rebuild that part of your life? Have you been able to duplicate that feeling of the community? Definitely not. I have not been able to duplicate that feeling. I often say that I would love to find something and I can't I don't know what it is. The closest thing that I have found to like Christian community or that level of like being in on something together is sports like going to a sports bar that is dedicated to a certain team even if I don't like the team I will go and watch a game to just be around people that are all trying to do or think about a thing that Um, is so true and my queer circles have become that as well I am from Orange County there's not a lot of gay people there so I except Marissa from the OC Except for Marissa from the OC. Marissa and Alex. Yes, yes, of course. Um, Except for those icons. (laughs) Was it weird growing up in OC and then watching the OC? Yeah, I mean, that that it was like maybe 
a half a percent of the OC is what is on TV. So then <laughs> for all of my teens and 20s of traveling, people were like, so is it like, do you know them or whatever? <laughs> it's like, I can't keep doing this. No, it's a show. But it was so early too with to content that it was like people really thought that was what it was for everyone. I I didn't even know that it wasn't like that for everyone. <laughs> sorry. Now I'm learning. <laughs> I'm sorry. The OC was a TV show scripted. I hate to tell you. Oh, no. Oh, no. I <laughs> you didn't know Marissa? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. But there were a lot of queer people. Yeah. yeah so there weren't a lot of queer people. And so I didn't have a lot of queer friends for like most of my life. And I've made a lot of queer friends through my wife who has been gay since or has been like out basically since high school. She's been like gay forever. Love that. I know. I'm like iconic. How did you yeah. do that? And then in our day and age, good for her. She fucking knew who she was. I know. She yeah. was just like, I don't like boys. Not And she that. like she's very famous within the lesbian community. Yes, yeah. she has. Yeah. I mean, you're you're both kind of icons now a little bit. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just there. I'm just Sarah's there. Sarah's just fangirling. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I, you guys, it's actually funny. When we go to this gay event, it's like once a month, our friends throw it. It's called Butch, which is like femme and butch. We Cute. go to it most months and people come up to Cammie all night. Like they're always coming up to her. It's really sweet, fun, cool people that listen to our podcast, whatever. But a lot of people just know her from like, followed her from early early youtube and so they know her as she was with her ex not me and so i don't know oh. if they don't know who i am or if they don't still follow her or whatever but i am always just like this they're, oh, talking. No. they're like chatting and i'm like okay i'm gonna go over here but anyway the queer community has also become s some level of that but it really lacks the depth for me and Right. I can't find a community that is as well-rounded as what I got in church, where it's like you have something so deep within you that is connected to each other that like the periphery doesn't matter as much. You just feel connected. And I feel yeah. like in all of my other community finding endeavors, I just it feels so superficial and it, it's frustrating. I just it's the thing I miss most and the thing I can't find. And I don't know what you're supposed to do with it. I find it really hard, this subject, because so I I'm really interested in cults and mm -hmm. one of those crazy people that like knows all the cults and love so. it. And what's your favorite cult? Oh, my gosh. Probably Nexium. I was just going to say Nexium slaps because I I've seen it all. I've listened to it all. It's the whole I know the whole thing. It's really it's bizarre. Nexium would have got me. Nexium would have got me, too. <laughs> Nexium so would have got me. Oh, yeah. So glad. They, well, that's the thing is that they were emulating what a religion would give people. Yes, and so right. that's why I always feel really cautious when I find some kind of group of people that make me feel that way. Yes. I actually kind of have a visceral reaction to community, which mm. in a certain way, if it's superficial, if it's about sports, easy. If, yeah. if it's like the podcast community that we've built, like that's easy. But yeah. I need to almost stay an arm's length away because mm. of my past in Christianity and mm. I have this like weird experience with MLMs I was never in an MLM but like I was peripherally involved in one for like three years through a job of mine wow. and experienced it secondhand and it was like the most horrible bizarre thing I've ever experienced and it was just like a mega church yes right and so 
that almost scarred me more than Christianity, to be honest. Wow. I've never realized that Beachbody is that. Or like yeah. all of those MLMs is that. They are. Oh. They are. No, it, and the cadence is the same. The only thing that's different is that we're not talking about internal damnation. We're just talking about making money and being successful. But they're using Whoa. the same formula. And so that's why community makes me really nervous. I don't know how mm. to cultivate something that's like healthy and but you're also very connected that's really do tough. you find it that you could have it with kids and like your kids friends parents that's like the I thing i'm so. holding on to i think so i sarah could sarah's kids are older i find like i like yes and no because then it's like at the end of the day like people are busy and living their own lives like mm -hmm. i feel like i have it's not as like close and it's it's superficial because you're talking about your kids you're talking about like yeah. The really? activities your kids are in, the school your kids are at, just depends on like family dynamics and stuff too. Yeah, my daughter's only two and like scheduling anything with anyone ever is such a fucking pain in the ass. But I will say <laughs> that wherever you live, there's a lot of new parent like Facebook groups mm -hmm. and a lot of, I found it really easy to make mom friends when you have a newborn. Then it's hard because when you go back to work or they go back to work, then it's like, yeah. So you just that it, then the effort comes True. in. Right. And so I haven't you're just like effort because I'm lazy, but community in waves whenever it's like convenient to have a yes. mom friend or whatever. And I think that people are all seeking. They're all seeking community, all the moms. And yeah. that's like the most vulnerable time in your life is when you're a new mom or a new dad. And that's when the MLMs come swooping in. Literally. I, like I remember being like still in a diaper because I had my baby like I don't know like 10 days before and someone's messaging me asking me if I want to buy wraps so my stomach can look better I'm like she's like oh yeah how's the baby doing how are you doing you probably want to lose weight and I'm like okay oh my god I hate people that talk about bodies first <laughs> off like you don't get to tell me what I want to do with my body and also like also this baby like this baby is fresh like, maybe get out of these diapers and then we'll talk. Yeah, <laughs> I would like to stop wearing adult diapers. I, yeah, I think building the community, I think it's possible, but it just, for me at least, and I, I think it depends on where you live and are you, are, do you, like Sarah lives where we grew up. I live across the entire country. It's really tough. And you yeah. mentioned the queer community and I find that's one that's like hard because like I live in like a small city. It's so rough. Yeah, I miss walking into a church and seeing a bunch of people that I know at various depths and yeah. feeling the feeling of like, oh, I'll make my little rounds. I'll go say hi. I'll do like, I feel like my dad in my head in retrospect, where it's like how he acted when I was a kid, where he would just be like, oh, good to see you. Oh, yeah, yeah. That feeling is like what community feels like to me. Mm -hmm. And I've just never, I've never had it. I guess the, this just occurred to me closest actual thing that I experienced on like a day-to-day -day level would be working in startups where it's like we're you're in such a small yeah. company culture and like the success is everybody's success and the mm -hmm. problems are everybody's problems but that's hard because it's your place of work so it's not as like deep and light at the same time like I can't believe an MLM or a cult never got you I I feel like I it, it, you would be you would like it so yeah next year I'm like, I would love it I, I know <laughs> I'm so afraid for whatever day that someone finds me that I'm just like a little off and then Cammy never sees me again. Yeah. <laughs> You're just off into the woods somewhere. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'm scared for that version. I feel that I personally, I'm the recluse sometimes and I don't yeah. necessarily mourn 
the loss of that only because it brought me so much pain in the end. But yeah. I understand like we I think humans just have this innate nature towards community. We saw that a right. lot during COVID. Like we need each other. And then people prey on that. Not all churches prey on that, but P R E Y. P R E Y. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Pray not pray. And <laughs> I pray. It would be a slippery slope. I'm sure a lot of people that are listening would probably feel the same way. I feel like I miss the relationship with Jesus more. And I don't know like if you mm. like, I don't know if you believe in God or not now, Taryn, but like if like what was that like for you because I know I personally like grieved the loss of this relationship because again the quiet time and just like you know constantly talking to him and feeling like you had this like guiding force yeah I think in recent years have just been able to like voice that I don't think that like you need to be a Christian to go to heaven like and that is obviously I'm sure we all agree like the hardest thing to put into words because you've been told your whole life that's like the thing to not say but I think I know that like I'm certain that Cami, if there is a heaven, is going to heaven. And I'm certain my mom and people that I know think Jesus is a silly little imaginary friend. Like I, I, I know that they would get there and I wouldn't want to be in a heaven where they're not there anyway. So even if that's the case, I'm like, burn me like I don't yeah. whatever. But I still do believe something is up something's happening like there is too much weirdness and like a snowflake i'm like what the fuck's up with that that thing is beautiful <laughs> it is too it's nice yeah. yeah it's too, too symmetrical nice. i agree and ice blocks what's, what's up with that yeah, what's ice block. with blocks? <laughs> once you slide on an ice block you just do summer activity i guess yeah. <laughs> there's got to be a oh. higher power so oh, i God. kind of i believe something something is happening and i it bothers me that i don't know what that is but I too miss the like one-on-one relationship with something else that isn't a person that like can't get mad at me or can't like tell me to do the dishes or whatever. Like I miss that where it's like, this is just a place where I come to like be filled. And I actually realized that I used to be an obsessive journaler. I would journal all day long and my journals were always like prayers. It was like, Prayers mixed with logging what had happened throughout the day, but everything was dear God or dear Jesus. And since I have stopped feeling that way or stopped deconstructed, I guess, I can't get in a rhythm with journaling. I like sit down and I'm like, I don't know who to write to. Like, I feel like I need a somebody to be telling this stuff to. And that's probably the thing that I miss most outside of community is just like that drive to think through my thoughts with someone that isn't someone that's like here. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So that makes sense. Well, it's interesting. I remember Sarah, you once saying that like you mourned your loss of your relationship with Jesus, but then realized that whole time you were just, that was you. It was me. It was me and myself, which is the kind of, you feel like a crazy person, but. <laughs> but but I was thinking it more. It's a surprise. I'm Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but then you're like, oh, wow, I hel- I got myself through all those things or like 100%. I was able to do that. And that's kind of empowering, but it's, it's still a huge loss. And I feel like just doesn't have the same effect like journaling to yourself. There's like studies that show that you're more likely to journal consistently if there is an audience. And that's why oh. it was so easy, even if it's an audience like God, if, if it's someone that you're telling things to. So then I would try to be like, okay, do I write to like my future kid? And then I'm like, well, I don't want to tell them all this shit. Like, I don't want them to know <laughs> this stuff. It's like, who do I tell? 
So yeah. I've still never really been able to nail that. But interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, yeah. did you have any other questions? It's been so great having you on. I guess like typically we kind of end with, do you have any questions for us to kind of put the mic back on? <laughs> I love when you do that, Sarah. Voice makes people feel I really Someone did that to us once in an interview and we were like, oh, and then we're like, let's do it to other people. <laughs> no, it's, it's honestly fun. Let me think because I had multiple during and I didn't want to derail. But I guess, yeah, I guess the main thing for me is like, what do you look on your experience with Christianity with like more sadness or more like peace? Oh, maybe more sadness. I think because I look and I just want to go back and give my teenage self a hug and mm -hmm. tell her to stop listening to these lunatics because there mm -hmm. were some lunatics, not everybody, yeah. but there were some. And yeah. that my Christian experience was mixed with a lot of depression because I have a depression and it made it so my depression a lot worse because I was always told that I was a bad person and I was a sinner. And I just wish I could go back and just be like, you're not a bad person and you're good. You're good. You're gonna be fine. <laughs> like, so I, I don't think there's a lot of peace there right now yeah. because I'm still, again, like I am still wading through this experience because it is yeah. something that I avoided for 15 years. Yeah. How about you, Sarah? I feel like I have a sense of peace of where I'm at in terms of like my relation to like the universe and if there's something more and like feeling confident that like if something comes after, then it's not going to just be like you say the sinner's prayer and you, you avoid hell. Um, yes. So I feel like a peace in that sense of being like, no, I think this is I feel like this is the right path for me. But I think I do look at like a lot of it with sadness and I feel sadness for again, for for the little girl that was working so hard to try and fit inside this paradigm of like patriarchy mm -hmm. and like just the mental anguish I felt over hell yeah. and over the prospect of people that I love dearly going there. That's something that I have worked through in therapy that I continue to work through in therapy. But I think yeah. right now it's weird seeing it from the perspective as a parent now and navigating yeah. like questions about death and God and the universe. And so I think I view, I think I view my whole experience like in like curiously being like that was a space where I like that was like my base and that's where I asked questions and like there's good things that I can take away from that experience and there's also things that were painful but I mean like life is going to be painful whether it's like within Christianity or like outside of it you're going to have something that you go through and something that you unpack and deconstruct and so I think this podcast has been an opportunity to like look at that from the lens of like the 2000s and the 90s and not just Christian culture but seeing the impact of of Judeo-Christian values on the the wider culture and purity culture. And so I don't know if that's an answer, but dude, no, that's that's awesome. Do you guys have like two more minutes that I can ask you about parenthood yeah. and how you're going to handle that? Hell With yeah. We were actually talking about that earlier today. Yeah. Yeah. What are your what are your thoughts? Like where we're going to start like figuring out IVF and having kids and all of that this year. But the question in my mind is always like, fuck, what if my kid comes to me the same way that I came to my parents? It was like, let's get loony. I'm a Christian. Like, what <laughs> What am I going to do? And I'm just curious how you guys think about it. Well, Sarah has a better answer than me. I'm just terrified and I'm like an avoidant kind of type. So Sarah, okay. I think, has thought about it more. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, so like it came up in the car being like, because my seven-year-old is then she's very philosophical. And so sometimes we'll have conversations like, oh, yeah, like some people believe that Jesus is God and there's like Hercules and there's like Athena and there's I'm always like, yeah, there's lots of gods and people I'm like people like asking questions and trying to understand like why we're here, you know, yeah. 
what so people like telling lots of stories and those are legends and like you get to decide like what you believe in and so currently my seven-year-old believes in all gods except hades because hades is mean <laughs> honestly and that. I, my yeah. answer is always like as much as i want to like put all my shit on them and being like the bible is this blah 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 i'm like i don't want them to have a tainted lens because they might find a more beautiful version of christianity and a more affirming version and that might be where they end up and i don't want them mm -hmm. i want to like keep it curious keep it open so i'm like my answer is always like as long as you love other people and love yourself like i don't care what you believe i panic a lot more about it and you know what's interesting so my husband he has set foot in a church maybe twice in his life and they were both for weddings like mm -hmm. he never went to church but i think i'm gonna stay pretty vi vi vigilant <laughs> but also Stay vigilant vigilant like i know i'm crazy. I'm so crazy i just i'm not really even sure what i would do but what probably what sarah is doing and it's just like it's my having... worst nightmare though like yeah i'm playing it cool but in my head i'm like oh shit oh shit oh shit yeah. when we have those conversations <laughs> like, i'm oh, like oh no i'm like what like, now i'm like having the open dialogue and yeah i think with sarah she's you're gonna probably sort of push them in a certain direction but like maybe more just subtly and they don't have to go in that direction and the yeah. realization that they will one day potentially find the podcast there they probably won't listen they're gonna get through wh whatever age they're gonna get through five minutes of it and be like i don't know what this is and then yep. move on and then when they're ready yeah. to probably take it in then they'll be able to listen to it and enjoy it and they might be like my partner and just like not even listen too much because they're like i just don't relate they don't want to listen to us drone on and on any more than they need to yeah. um <laughs> so like we hear the remnants all day yeah so for like the kids thing because yeah like sarah called me this morning and she was like oh, i gotta see because i she knew about your um your IVF journey because she listens to your mm -hmm. podcast mm -hmm. and she was like I wonder if I should ask Taryn about like what would you do yeah like what kid? do you plan on doing so what do you plan on doing guys I don't know I think I don't know my brother's daughter so my niece went to a Jewish preschool the same one that I went to and they did they don't really tell them anything they do little things and they make holla and it's like all that but then so there was that. She liked that stuff. And then she started going to a school that has like a little bit of Christianity in the curriculum, I think. And she did Jesus Loves Me vibes, said something. And he was like, oh, my God, because my brother's like not at all, not a Christian. Neither is his wife, like at all at all. And it's put me in a spiral where I'm like now looking at this kid that I love. And I'm like, shoot, if she starts going down this path, it's going to take everything in me to not be like, get over here, kid. I got to tell you something. <laughs> so they I also think unicorns are real like yeah, that's so yeah. true they that, believe in santa claus so as well so yeah, I mean, everything's magical at that age and then they'll be teenagers and yeah i think out. at that end like at that age it's like sure if you want to say all that stuff and think that it's cute and whatever then I'll, I'll let you sing the songs and the songs are a vibe it's like i'll sing them with you we'll have a little fun time whatever and then as we get older if you're in high school or you're uh, even in middle school i guess i would be like I want to have like a conversation with you about how, what my experience was with these beliefs. And I probably would just be like, I too believe this for a long time. And it was your mom, your whatever other mom didn't. And you can choose what you want to choose. But like tread lightly. I feel like mm -hmm, I would yeah. give a, a warning of like, this didn't yeah. go good for me, but I'm not saying it won't go good for you. Right. And it's possible that in X amount of years, Christian nationalism will be hopefully not worse than it is now but it might be and yeah. so they might have an idea like like oh this is dark this is a totally. dark thing 
and it could change Christianity as we know it. Like, I have no idea how that's going to go. But something I think that actually my mom would have done, and she'll probably attest to this, is that she would have kept me very, she kept me very busy. She put me in yes. a lot of sports. She made sure I had a lot of friends outside of the church and yep. outside of whatever I was doing and outside of school too, because I was like bullied at one point and she made sure I was really busy. So that helps. You could just yep. throw your kids in so many extracurricular activities that they don't have time to think. <laughs> yeah, just avoidance. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good way to put it. <laughs> That's my advice. Just avoid all your problems and they'll go away. <laughs> yeah, you heard that, everyone. Maybe we'll all be Christian again in like 10 years and so we'll oh, just God. be begging. That- <laughs> There's so many people on our Instagram that would be really happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, once saved, always saved. No, yeah, so true, so true. Do you want to shamelessly plug some things? Oh, yeah, if you like this conversation, but only the me part and not the religion part. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you can listen to my podcast with my wife. It's called Staying Up, where we try to stay up on stuff and also through the night, which we never do. And where can they find you on Instagram? At Taryn Arnold Scott, which sounds so regal every time I say it out loud. The like nice. double last name thing was a wild choice, but we're good. <laughs> And I I had one more question for you, Taryn. Oh, hit me. Who is, so what are you and Cammie going to be called when you're moms? We can't decide. We cannot decide. You cannot decide. No, I think I want mom. I think I just want to be mom. And I don't know, I don't know what other options there are. Like Like mom and other mom? Yeah. like Mom and other mom? (laughs) Talked about like tall mom and short mom, but then that's feeling like a lot or like, (laughs) like, I don't want, what else is there? Besides mom. Like, I don't want it to be always mom and mommy or mama. Ma'am. Like, no. The older you get, you can't be like mama. It's because there's like any up. other language that. I yeah, it's even... too bad. Like one of you is in like another language because then you can. I know. That. Yeah. Mm. That does suck. Maybe I sh- we should remarry. If you guys find suggestions for me for what Cami and I should be called. Maybe I'll maybe we'll talk about that on the next episode. Just because. Yeah. What... Maybe it's going to be like Papa. Maybe we go yeah. for mama and papa. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> awesome to meet both of you. Thank you so much for having me on. That was so fun. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, this was so much fun. It's nice having a light interview and just shooting the shit. We need yeah. more of this. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. But yes, thank you. Cool. And um, have a good rest of your day. No, you can't get to heaven in a Because the Lord don't want Okay, talk about visceral response with religion. Anyone that says daddy God, I'm like, like, ew. Remember people used to say that during prayers? Like, no, I don't remember this. And I couldn't imagine this happening. And you told me that it does so. Yeah. I did a mission trip in China and we couldn't, we had all these code words and we couldn't say, because like they didn't know we were there on religious business and we couldn't say God and we called him dad. And I saw a video, I completely... (laughs) blocked out that memory and then i saw a video from that trip and we were like oh dad probably so happy right now or something and i was like oh no. <laughs> it was so hard i like icked myself out so bad